Well, good morning. I'm so glad that you're here with me this morning on this uh, Tuesday, November 17th. And it is crazy windy outside. Maybe you've already heard the wind blowing around. Uh, I love the wind, actually, um, because it shows the mighty power of God. And uh, I also love being inside when it's windy because you feel safe and secure. And, and uh, it's a good day to stay in. Well, this morning I'm going to continue on, and I will be for many weeks actually, in my series that I'm calling Who I Am in Christ. And the purpose of the series is to increase our inner spirit sense of identity in Christ. And I just want to, um, I just want to, to pastor your heart and my heart and our hearts closer and closer to the Lord Jesus and so that we identify ourselves first and foremost as believers in Jesus, children of God, uh, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I talked the first uh, day, that was last Friday, um, that, that I am accepted. Yesterday I said, I am a child of God, and today I'm saying, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. And of course, we're going to go to John 15 on this one, John chapter 15. And I'm going to read from verse 12 through verse 15. This is such a great chapter on our love relationship with Jesus. This is the I am the I am the vine, he is the vine, we are the branches passage. But later on in that passage it says in verse 12, Jesus said, "My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command." I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. Well, I guess I read through verse 17, didn't I? Not just verse 15. I want to note, I want you to notice four different things from this passage, four things that I think are of particular interest as we read these verses about Jesus calling us his friends. Well, he called the, his disciples his friends, but by extension, because we also are followers of Jesus Christ, that he calls us his friends. First of all, I want you to notice in verse 16 that Jesus is the one who initiates all this. Jesus initiated this friendship relationship, okay? He chose me to be his friend. <laughs> he chose us to be his friends. You have to understand how significant this is, right? How many times, how many times in your life have you wanted to be friends with somebody and, uh, and you reached out to them, but they didn't return the initiative, right? They didn't end up wanting to be your friend. You wanted to be their friend, but they didn't end up wanting to be your friend. And it's so discouraging and disappointing and you just wish... I wish that person would call me back, right, or whatever. I wish they'd spend time with me, but they don't. Here we see Jesus is the one initiating, reaching out to us. It's our job to respond. He's, he's choosing us to be his friends. This is so powerful. Jesus reached out. Jesus made the phone call, you could say. Jesus sent the text, right? He did it first. And we love, of course, 1 John 4.19, which says, we love because he first loved us, speaking of God. We love because he first loved us. 
And this is, this is one of the, the core aspects of our identity in Christ is that he loved us first. He reached out. He chose us. Secondly, my, my second point that I want you to notice is actually a question that I have. And I think it's really good to question, um, to have questions about passages, right? I love to learn by having questions. And one of the questions I have, I've always had uh, about this passage is, how can Jesus say, you're my friends if you do what I command? Like that, to me, it just doesn't seem to fit the passage, right? At, at face value, uh, on the surface, it just doesn't seem to fit. It, it like goes against what he's trying to say here, it seems to me, right? Because he's saying, you're not my servants, and so now you're my friends. But he throws this line in which says, you can be my friends if you do what I command. And I just think, you know, on surface, on, on face, at face value, you just think, that doesn't make any sense. It's opposite, Right? of what he's trying to communicate. So so what's the answer to that question? And the answer to that question is the same as always, context. What's the context? Read the broader context. Understand what, what the conversation here is all about. And the conversation in John chapter 15, um, and especially in this paragraph here, of course, the context is love relationship with Jesus, right? And love relationship with one another. He's He's showing to them, that he loves them, and now he's commanding them to love one another. The verses I read started and ended with the command, love one another. And so when Jesus says in this particular instance, you'll be my friends if you do what I command, what he's doing is he's contrasting good commandments against bad commandments. Because he understands that commands of a leader are very important. And he's showing to them here that his commands are good commands. That in fact, the very command that he's using here is to love one another, right? And that he's loved them. He's showing them how to love, and then he's commanding them to love one another. It's, this is in contrast to the Pharisees, whatever 600 plus man-made commands that they were trying to be so religious about and, um, and, and so legalistic about. Uh, in contrast, Jesus is saying, look, um, my commands are simple. Here, here's one, love one another, right? And we know, of course, from the two greatest commandments that Jesus taught later on, love God, love others. They're just, they're just, uh, they fit. Jesus's commands are right and they're, and they fit so um, naturally. We love 1 John 5, 3. 1 John 5, 3 um, says this, if I can find it here in my Bible. I already uh, was near there once before. We'll pull it back here. First John, I want to read it and not just quote it because I don't want to get it wrong. First John 5.3 says this, This is love for God to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. I love that. And his commands are not burdensome. They fit, right? Jesus' yoke is easy because it fits. And for him to say, okay, here's one of the greatest commands. Love one another. Love each other. Um, helps us to understand the context of this passage. It's all about love relationship. Jesus said in, to the churches in, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, you know this one. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's just so ready to be our friend. And to have that intimate love relationship with us. Well, 
I think I've sufficiently answered the question, how can Jesus say you are my friends if you do what I command? It's all about the context of love relationship. There's a third thing I want you to notice about this passage. Clearly the main part. Jesus no longer calls us servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. By contrast, then, of course, implication is we do know Jesus' business. Jesus has revealed himself to us. Uh, He has been intimate with us. He's shown us what he's all about and included us in the kingdom work. When I think about God's revealing himself to us, I think, first of all, that God has revealed himself to us in creation. We call this general revelation. We look around us and we see the beauty of the world. We see the power of God. Even like this morning, we see the power of God in the wind, right? And so that is a revealing, a making known, and um, a transparent aspect of God and consequently of Jesus. Secondly, he has revealed himself to us in our conscience. We know this from Romans 2.15. That we, that we are just born with a sense of right and wrong. Uh, regardless of what culture we live in, we are born with a deep sense of right and wrong. And that certain things are right and certain things are wrong. And where does that come from? It comes from our conscience, our God-given conscience that's, um, uh, that no one has to teach us. Um, it's just a way that God has revealed himself to us. A person would think, okay, now I have this sense of right and wrong. Where does that come from? Okay, and then third, God has revealed himself in his written word, of course, the Bible. We call this the first aspect of special revelation. And wow, what, I mean, God's word is his, his love letter to us, right? How, how could God more fully uh, reveal himself to us in the specifics than through his written word, uh, special revelation? This shows us that he's included us in his kingdom work and his kingdom purposes by giving us the Bible. And lastly, of course, that God has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ, the Logos, the great um, incarnation word of God. Uh, And so when Jesus says, when Jesus says, I have made known to you or I've given to you that which my father has given to me, uh, it's, it's perfect. It's awesome that he has included us in his plans. We're no longer his servants because a master doesn't tell his servants his plans, right? A king doesn't tell his subjects everything. He keeps secrets, right? But Jesus has kept no secrets. He's he's shared with us everything. In fact, he continues to do so through his spirit. If you look in, we're in John 15, but look over Just later on on the page in John 16, John 16, verse 12, uh, we learn this about how Jesus wants us to continue to make known himself to us. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is powerful. Understand what Jesus is doing here. Uh, Clearly, he's giving us the Holy Spirit, right? So that we're no longer orphans when Jesus leaves. But even more than that, he, 
He wants to continue to reveal himself and his ways. He wants to continue to give us himself and his truth because we are his friends. We're no longer just his servants, but we're included in the master plan. And I just love this about Jesus. Through the Spirit, Jesus continues to make himself known. Our friendship continues to grow because of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're continuing to make, make me a friend of God. We love a couple of songs. I'm going to quote a couple of songs this morning. One is uh, the song that we sing in church quite often, Friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I love that song. When, I, when we sing that song in church, most of the time I just cry for a little bit because I just, I just love the power of that truth. Now, there's one more thing that I want to point out from this passage, and that, and that is that Jesus' friendship to us is sacrificial. It's not just word. It's not just word. It's full of deed, right? It's full of action. And of course, we see this in 13 when Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Now, one thing that's interesting here is that he that line that we're so familiar with and that we associate with Jesus laying down his life for us uh, by dying on the cross. Uh, actually, this is part of the command to the disciples to love one another, is it not? Look at verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's the command. Let me explain a little further. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. So he's telling his 12 disciples here, and then consequently, by extension, he's telling us that in the work of God's kingdom, you're going to have to sacrifice for one another. You're going to have to lay down your lives, even, for one another. Um, you're going to have to give up things in your life. Um, I was thinking... I was thinking as I was preparing this message, there have been there have been a few times, just honestly, there have been a few times this year during COVID-19 and all that, where I think, you know, I don't know if I want to keep being a pastor. I just want to quit, right? I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's so many angles and ups and downs and, and back and forth. I, I don't know if I want to keep going on. But then God reminds me, you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this for other people. You're doing this for the church. Um, and that's that's where I feel like I fit in when I when I have that temptation to not carry on or to quit or to to not be a good pastor or a good friend. I come back to a, a verse like this, and I just think, you know what? Jesus is commanding me um, just to continue to um, to live for other people. It's easy to say that you'll die for other people, but that part of that dying for other people is actually living for them and and doing what you know God has called you to do. And then, of course, this verse is Jesus forecasting himself and what he's going to do, which is die on the cross for us, to lay down his life for us. Uh, and that's, that's such a powerful um, understanding of what Jesus has done for us because we are his friend. Specifically, I am his friend. You are his friend. And so when you think Jesus died for me, he died for me because I am his friend. He loves me. This is a huge part of our identity. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves 
uh, at all times. A friend loves at all times. Not just part of the time, not just some of the time. A friend loves at all times. Um, and close friends in that way are precious. When you have when you have a friend like that, it's rare. Why? Because it requires sacrifice. Being a good friend requires sacrifice. Proverbs 18.24 goes on and says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I love this. And Jesus is our closest friend because he has stuck clo more closely to us than anyone ever will. Um, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. We love that song. All our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen? That's part of our identity. Uh, and don't ever be ashamed to say something like this. My, my closest friend is Jesus. Because it's part of our identity as Christians um, who define ourselves first and foremost um, by our relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for that strong wind that reminds us of your power. And we thank you of the power of your word that teaches us, in this case, that our identity is in Jesus Christ. Lord, I am a friend of Christ. Lord, what a, what a privilege that is. And Lord, I know that uh, we rejoice in that, each and every one of us today. Lord, I thank you for my um, church family, my friends who are listening today. I pray that you would just be with each one of us and give us this grace of, of increasing identity in Christ. Lord, because during this time, there are so many things that are trying to tear us down and make us discouraged and disappointed and the isolation right now and all the upcoming uh, staying at home and all of that, Lord, it's not fun. Uh, but yet we know that we have um, a great Savior and that great Savior is truly our friend. We thank you, Jesus, for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I love you all. And I'm looking forward to bringing you another word about who I am in Christ tomorrow morning. We'll see you then.